Book Second, Chapter Four of A Day of Fate by Edward P. Rowe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Like Many Waters. Book Second, Chapter Four, In the Dark. Yes, Mrs. Yocomb, good nursing and nourishment are all that he now requires. Were the reassuring words that greeted my waking later in the evening. I opened my eyes and found that a physician was feeling my pulse. I turned feebly toward my kind hostess and smilingly whispered, There's no fear of my wanting these where you are, Mrs. Yocomb, but don't let me make trouble. I fear I've made too much already. The only way thee can make trouble, Richard, is to worry about making trouble. The more we can do for thee, the better we shall be pleased. All thee's got to do is to get well and take thy time about it that's just like you how long have i been ill that's none of thy business at present one thing at a time the doctor has put thee in my hands and i'm going to make thee mind i've heard that men were perfect bears when getting well i said thee can be a bear if thee feels like it but not another word to-night not another syllable am i not right doctor yes i prescribe absolute quiet of mind and body that and good living will bring you around in time you've had a narrow graze of it but if you will mind mrs yocomb you will yet die of old age good night my nurse gave me what she thought i needed and darkened the room but it was not so dark but that i saw a beautiful face in the doorway miss warren i exclaimed it was ada said mrs yocomb quietly she's been very anxious about thee you are all so kind please thank her for me i replied eagerly mother may i speak to richard morton asked a timid voice from the obscurity of the hallway not to-night ada to-morrow forgive me if i disobey you this once i interrupted hastily yes miss ada i want to thank you she came instantly to my side and i held out my hand to her i wondered why hers throbbed and trembled so strangely it's i who should thank thee i can never thank thee enough oh i feared i might i might never have a chance there ada thee mustn't say another word richard's too weak yet her hand closed tightly over mine good-bye she breathed softly and vanished mrs yocomb sat down with her knitting by a distant and shaded lamp too weak to think or to realize aught except that i was surrounded by an atmosphere of kindness and sympathy I was well content to lie still and watch through the open window the dark foliage wave to and fro and the leaves grow distinct in the light of the rising moon which though hidden i knew must be above the eastern mountains i had the vague impression that very much had happened but i would not think not for the world would i break the spell of deep quietude that enthralled every sense of my body and every faculty of my mind mrs yocomb i said at last it must be you who creates this atmosphere of perfect peace and restfulness the past is forgotten the future a blank and i see only your serene face a subdued light seems to come from it as from the shaded lamp thee is weak and fanciful richard the doctor said thee must be quiet i wish it were possible to obey the doctor forever and that this exquisite rest and oblivion could last i am like a ship becalmed on a summer sea in a summer night mind and body are both motionless sleep richard morton and when rested and well may gales from heaven spring up and carry thee homeward 
fear not even rough winds if they bear thee toward the only true home now thy only duty is to rest you are not going to sit up tonight, Mrs. Yocomb. She put her finger on her lips. Hush, she said. Oh, delicious tyranny, I murmured. The ideal government is that of an absolute and friendly power. I had a vague consciousness of being wakened from time to time and of taking something from Mrs. Yocomb's hand and then sinking back into an enthrallment of blessed and refreshing slumber. With every respiration, life and health flowed back at last as after my first long sleep in the country i seemed to hear exquisite strains of music that swelled into richer harmony until what seemed a burst of song awoke me opening my eyes i looked intently through the open window and gladly welcomed the early day the air was fresh and i felt its exhilarating quality the drooping branches of the elm swayed to and fro and the mountains beyond were bathed in light I speedily realized that it was the song of innumerable birds that had supplied the music of my waking dream. For a few moments I gazed through the window, with the same perfect content with which I had watched the foliage grow distinct in the moonlight the previous evening, and then I looked around the room. I started slightly as I encountered the deep blue eyes of Ada Yocomb fixed on me with an intent eager wistfulness. Can I do anything for thee, Richard Morton? she asked rising from her chair near the door mother asked me to stay with thee a while and to let her know if thee woke and wanted anything with you here this bright morning how could i want anything more i asked with a smile for her young beautiful face comported so well with the early morning of the summer day as to greatly please both my eye and fancy the color of the early morning grew richer in her face as she replied i'm glad thee doesn't want me to go away but I must go and have thy breakfast brought up. No, stay, tell me all that's happened. I seem to have forgotten everything so strangely. I feel as if I had known you all a long time, and yet that can't be, for only the other day I was at my office in New York. Mother says thee's too weak to talk yet, and that I must not answer questions. She says thee know thee's been sick, and thee know thee's getting well, and that must do till thee's much stronger oh i feel ever so much stronger sleep and the good things your mother has given me has made a new man of me mother says thee has never been sick and that thee doesn't know how to take care of thyself and that thee'll use thy strength right up if we don't take good care of thee and are you going to take care of me yes if thee pleases i'll help mother i should be hard to please were i not glad I shall have so nice a time getting well that I shall be tempted to play sick. I'll, I'll wait on thee as long as thee'll let me, for no one owes thee more than I do. What in the world do you owe me? I asked, much perplexed. If you are going to help me get well, and will come to my room daily with a face like this summer morning, I shall owe you more than I can ever repay. My face would have been black enough but for thee, but I'm glad thee thinks I look well. They are all saying I look pale and am growing thin, but if thee doesn't think so, I don't care, and she seemed aglow with pleasure. It would make a sick man well to look at you, I said smiling. Please come and sit by me, and help me to get my confused brain straight once more. I have the strangest sense of not knowing what I ought to know well. You and your kind father and mother brought me home from meeting. Your mother says I might stay here and rest. Miss Warren was here. She was singing in the parlor. 
Where is Miss Warren? She has gone out for a walk, said the girl a little coldly. Her manner perplexed me, and together with my thought of Miss Warren, there came a vague sense of trouble, of something wrong. I tried to raise my hand to my brow, as if to clear away the mist that obscured my mind, and my hand was like lead, it was so heavy. A plague on my memory, I exclaimed. We were in the parlor, and Miss Warren was singing. Your mother spoke. Would that I might hear her again. It's all tolerably clear up to that time and then everything is confused ada how's this said mrs yocomb reproachfully thee was not to let richard morton talk i only am to blame mrs yocomb i would talk i'm trying to get the past straightened out i know that something happened the other evening when you spoke so beautifully to us but my memory comes up to that point as to an abyss and i can't bridge it over richard morton doesn't thee believe that i'm thy friend my mind would indeed be a total blank if i doubted that well then do what i ask thee don't question don't think isn't it sufficient to know that thee has been ill and that thy life depends on quiet thee can scarcely lift thy hand to thy head thy words are slow and feeble can't thee realize that it is thy sacred duty to rest and grow strong before taking up the cares and burdens that life brings to us all thee looks weak and exhausted I am indeed weak enough, but I felt almost well when I awoke. Ada, I fear I can't trust thee as a nurse, her mother began gravely. Please don't blame her, it was wholly my fault, I whispered. I'll be very good now, and do just what you bid me. Well then, thee must take what I have prepared, and thy medicine, and sleep again. Good-bye, Ada, I said smiling. Don't look so concerned, you haven't done me a bit of harm your face was as bright and welcome as the sunshine if it hadn't been for thee she began mrs yocomb raised a warning finger and the girl stole away can can i not see miss warren this morning i asked hesitatingly thee must sleep first the medicine she gave evidently contained a sedative or else sleep was the remedy that nature instinctively grasped for it gave back part of the strength that i had lost when i awoke again i felt wonderfully the better for a long rest that had not been broken but made more beneficial from the fact that i was slightly roused from time to time to take stimulants and nourishment the heat and glare of the summer day had passed this i could perceive even through the half-closed window-blinds at first i thought myself alone but soon saw that reuben was seated in the furthest corner quietly carving on some woodwork that interested his boyish fancy his round fresh face was like a tonic well old fellow i laughed so you are playing nurse is thee awake for good richard morton he asked springing up i hope so cause mother said that as soon as thee really waked up i must call her oh wait a moment and tell me all the news mother said i mustn't tell thee anything but to get well i'm never going to get well what exclaimed the boy in consternation your mother and miss ada take such good care of me that i'm going to play sick the rest of my life i explained laughing how is dapple oh thee's only joking then well all i ask of thee is to get well just enough to drive dapple around with me he'll put life into thee never fear when i get hold of the reins he fairly makes my hands tingle 
but there mother said that i shouldn't let thee talk but tell her right away and he started for the door how is miss warren is she never coming to see me emily warren's been dreadfully anxious about thee i never saw any one change so but to-day she has been like a lark she went with me to the village this morning and she had almost as much spirit and life as dapple she's a jolly good girl i like her we're all so glad thee's getting well we don't know what to do father said he felt like jumping over a five-bar fence only ada acts kind of queer and glum i think i hear talking said mrs yocomb entering dear mrs yocomb i laughed you are the most amiable and beneficent dragon that ever watched over a captive thee wants watching the moment my back's turned thee's into mischief and the young people are just as bad reuben i might better have left zilla here do let her come i exclaimed she'll do more good than medicine well she shall bring thee up thy chicken broth that will please her wonderfully go away reuben and tell zilla to bring the broth not another word does thee feel better richard oh i am almost well i'm ashamed to own how hungry i am that's a good sign a very good sign mrs yocomb how did i become so ill i'm haunted by the oddest sense of not remembering something that happened after you spoke to us the other evening there's nothing strange in people's being sick thee knows that then thee had been overworking so long that thee had to pay the penalty yes i remember that thank heaven i drifted into this quiet harbor before the storm came i should have died in new york well thee knows where to come now when thee's going to have another bad turn i hope however that thee'll be too good a man to overwork again now thee's talked enough can i not see mr yocomb and and miss warren this evening no not till to-morrow father's been waiting till i said he could come but he's so hearty like that i won't trust him till thee's stronger is is miss warren so hearty like also it seems to me her laugh would put life into a mummy well thee isn't a mummy so she can't come till to-morrow she had been smoothing my pillow and bathing my face with cologne thus creating a general sense of comfort and refreshment now she lifted my head on her strong plump arm and brushed my hair tears came into my eyes as i said brokenly i can remember my mother doing this for me when i was ill once and a little fellow i've taken care of myself ever since you can have no idea how grateful your manner is to one who has no one to care for him specially thee'll always have some one to care for thee now but thee mustn't say anything more and i saw strong sympathy in her moist eyes yes i breathed softly i should have died in new york and thee said an imp from the printing-house could take care of thee she replied with a low laugh did i say that i must have been out of my head thee'll see that all was ordered for the best and be content when thee gets strong people are often better every way after a good fit of sickness i believe the good physician will give his healing touch to thy soul as well as thy body ah here is zilla come in little girl richard wishes to see thee bearing a bowl with both hands she entered hesitatingly why zilla you waiting on me too it's all like a fairy tale and i'm transformed into a great prince and am waited on right royally i'm going to drink that broth to your health as if you were a great lady it will do me more good than all the drugs of all the doctors just because you are such a good little fairy and have bewitched it 
the child dimpled all over with pleasure as she came and stood by my side oh i'm so glad thee's getting well she cried thee talks queer but not so queer as thee did before thee a warning gesture from her mother checked her and she looked a little frightened that will do zilla after richard has taken this i'm not going to let him talk for a long time do you want to make me all well zilla i asked smiling into her troubled and sympathetic face she nodded eagerly and most emphatically then climb on a chair and give me a kiss after a quick questioning look at her mother she complied laughing ah that puts life into me i said you can tell them all that you did me more good than the doctor i'll go with you to see the robins soon i've got something else for thee downstairs she whispered something that emily warren gathered for thee and she was gone in a flash a moment later she stood in the doorway announced in advance by the perfume of an exquisite cluster of rosebuds arranged in a dainty vase entwined and half hidden with myrtle put the vase on the table by richard and thee mustn't come any more these surely are from the garden of eden i exclaimed these and your kiss Zilla, will make me well tell miss warren that i am going to thank her myself good-bye now and she flitted out of the room bright with the unalloyed happiness of a child dear me said mrs yocomb thee must indeed get strong fast for i do have such a time keeping the young people out of thy room reuben asks a dozen times a day if he can see thee and father's nearly as bad no more shall see thee to-day i promise now thee must rest till to-morrow i was well content for the roses brought a presence very near in their fragrance their beauty their dewy freshness their superiority to other flowers they seemed the emblem of the maiden who had made harmony in the garden when nature was at her best the scene as we had stood there together grew so vivid that i saw her again almost in reality her face glowing with the undisguised irrepressible pleasure that had been caused by my unexpected tribute to the absolute truthfulness of her character again i heard her piquant laugh then her sweet vibratory voice as she sang hymns that awakened other than religious emotions i fear by an odd freak of fancy the flowers seemed an embodied strain from chopin's nocturne that she had played and the different shades of color the rising and falling of the melody what do they mean i murmured to myself at any rate i see no york and lancaster buds among them is thee so very fond of roses that thee gazes so long and intently at them mrs yocomb quietly asked i started and i had still sufficient blood to crimson my pallid face turning away i said they recall a scene in the garden where they grew it seems to me that miss warren had grown there too she was so like them and that this impression should have been made by a girl bred in the city struck me as rather strange thy impression was correct she's genuine mrs yocomb replied gravely and her eyes rested on me in a questioning and sympathetic way that i understood better as i thought it over afterward yes i said she made just that impression on me from the first we met as strangers and in a few hours without the slightest effort on her part she won my absolute trust this at first greatly surprised me for i regret to say that my calling has made me distrustful i soon learned however that this was just the impression that she should make on any one capable of understanding her a deep sigh was my companion's only answer 
Mrs. Yocomb, I continued earnestly, was I taken ill while you were speaking? I have a vague, tormenting impression that something occurred which I cannot recall. The last that I can remember was your speaking to us, and then, and then, wasn't there a storm? There may have been. We've had several showers of late. Thee had been overdoing, Richard, and thee felt the effects of the fever in thy system before thee or any of us knew what was the matter. Thy mind soon wandered, but thee was never violent. Thee made us no trouble, only our anxiety. Now I hope I've satisfied thee. How wondrously kind you've all been to such a stranger, but Miss Ada made reference to something that I can't understand. Mrs. Yocomb looked perplexed and annoyed. I'll ask Ada, she said gravely. It's time thee took this medicine and slept. The draught she gave me was more quieting than her words had been, for I remembered nothing more distinctly until I awoke in the brightness of another day. End of Book Second Chapter 4